I'm Steph. I'm Alex. And this is Not Today. Uh, it is our podcast where we talk about survival stories, whether that be true crime or intense wilderness survival or really anything under the blanket of survival. There's tons there and we got big plans. Yeah, just anything uh, people surviving extraordinary circumstances, sure. right? Sure. Yeah. Of course. It's it's exciting times. And, you know, actually, I take that back. It's not exciting times. I was going to say that I wish that no, I had... No, it's not exciting. <laughs> I, I wish I had something to talk about before we just jump into the story, but... Something positive. Something positive, but we are about, what, six months deep into quarantine? Yep. So there's really nothing going on. It's hot as Satan's butthole. Butthole. <laughs> butthole. Butthole. Uh... <laughs> That's sad. I wish that sounded better, but it's it's as hot as Satan's ass crack outside. So yeah. there's really not much going on, and it's just hot. So yeah, no people have just been trapped in their apartments, yeah. looking at the same walls yeah. every day. Every day. So that's fine. But we're gonna we, be podcasting. We're we're now we're gonna be podcasting and telling some really in, intense, uh, fun, fucked up sometimes stories, which we love. So amen. <laughs> amen. Without further ado yeah, I what's guess, the first story i'm sure, yeah. excited i guess you we spent will. a lot of time researching this yeah so. you know um you, you gotta you gotta dig in there gotta get so, the details this uh first story is going to be about a woman named terry jendusa nikolai um that's an amazing name yeah it's a cool name um and she's a cool lady she survived crazy crazy shit um she's a badass but so, yeah, she survived um, an attempt on her life by her ex-husband. Um, Shit. Yeah, crazy stuff. Um, so, her ex-husband uh, was David Larson. She was once married to David Larson. And when they first started dating, um, everything was fine. Like, she really thought that he was the perfect man. He had a good job. He was church-going, fun-loving. He wanted kids. And he really didn't give her any signs of someone who would later be her abuser. Right, no red, um, no red flags. Yeah, really no Goes red... To church. Well, I mean, there were some red flags, but, like, nothing that really made her feel, like, scared before mm-hmm. they were married. She said that there were, like, a few moments where she saw him act a little bit, like, controlling and, like, mm-hmm. a little... Uh, scary, but it was never toward her. Yeah. Like, I think there was one instance um, where they came up to like a, a a road that was closed and someone was like directing traffic away from the road and he mm-hmm. like freaked out and like got out of the car and like screamed at the person who was like just trying to direct traffic so like that's and weird. just triggered by the direction of traffic yeah he was just like an angry guy um Damn. yeah and so her parents didn't like him i mean obviously he they like saw through him it's like dude he can't even respect people who direct traffic yeah what's wrong with this guy no and she she also saw him <laughs> Um, like interact with his ex girlfriend one time, and he saw or she saw him be a little bit controlling to his ex girlfriend, and like a little bit uh, angry and intense. And she was, she was like, "That's a little bit of a red flag," but like he doesn't do that you with know. me, and like he, the reason he doesn't do that with me is because he loves me, and like right. I'm gonna change him, and like that whole thing. Right. Yeah. Like it could have been a bad breakup. Right. Some, like you like, don't lingering feelings. Right. That, or you know maybe she was a crazy bitch. Maybe. Right. Right. And coming from his mouth, I'm sure that's so, what he said. So. Right. Exactly. So it's like, you know, moments where you're like, mm, but could be explaining. Although the traffic thing is kind of weird. I but feel I mean, like. I mean, like if you're in love with somebody, 
like that and you see them do one thing you probably forgive it like if it's just one yeah. thing or one or two things right I mean in, in her and situation I mean, especially even in like the case of um what was her name from dear john where he literally dirty like, john you mean yeah dirty john dear john <laughs> that's another movie completely different though yeah i know that's uh it's in my head but she yeah. like literally forgave him what stealing money just so many jail, things so well, many don't f- don't give it away because okay. i'm sure we'll cover that in a, in a later episode that's a crazy story but yeah. um but yeah i mean i feel like uh one of the biggest red flags for like knowing whether or not a person is good or not is how they treat other like, people other people and like yeah. workers and stuff and like mm. someone who's literally just doing their job and you know like, like someone who's rude to like a server at a yep. restaurant or like someone like that it's like that is a huge red flag yeah, in my opinion start ripping their barista a new asshole right. starbucks you know you might want to right anyway so <laughs> moral of the story bad guy um so he proposed to her and she did have some doubts but i mean she married him so but uh, he wasn't very respectful toward her parents or toward his own parents. And Terry's parents told her that they didn't like him. Um, but she said that being the type of person she was, she thought, I'll marry him and I'll fix him and I'll make him happy. He'll be a better person when he's married to me. Which, mm-hmm. I mean, is just such a yeah, terrible... classic mistake. A terrible so, way to, like, rationalize this. Yeah. Bad. Do you know how long they had been dating it? like or had been together before they got married i don't think it was very long i don't know the exact time period i want to say probably like a year but i I don't i don't really know to be honest and then if he's like this church going guy i'm assuming she's of the same persuasion like she's she's religious mm -hmm. she's like okay yeah she was okay right so and literally her parents tried to convince her not to marry him up until she walked down the altar like her dad oh, like the day of mm-hmm. oh, like could you imagine her dad was standing with her like about to walk her down the altar and he was like we, you know, can, we can turn go around back now. yeah it's like you sure he's like you <laughs> should pull the ripcord right now yeah please just abort mission right now but she was like it's okay it's fine don't worry about it so okay. what what year is this again sorry uh 2000 and i want to say when she married him yeah uh I don't know. I know the event, like her uh, thing happened, her like incident happened in 2004, but that was a few years after they had already been divorced. So. Okay, so this is like early 2000s. Yeah, okay. or like late 90s. I don't really know exactly. But, gotcha. Um, yeah, so she marries him. And up until this point, he hadn't been abusive to her. So she wasn't like thinking that she was like scared of him yet. Um, but right. it literally happened. Like the abuse started the second day of their honeymoon. Oh, like that's wow. how crazy he was. So couldn't even wait. No, two yeah. days. So they went to Hawaii, hmm. and um, they were about to go on a hike, and they got into an argument over what she was wearing, and he told, I guess, like she was wearing something that was like, I guess, too revealing in his opinion, and he Dude, was like, it's Hawaii, right? I mean, and they're <laughs> about to go on a hike, and she's her own fucking woman, like yeah. she's a, a whole ass woman who can decide what she wears and what the she doesn't wear, and she's not like some crazy like she's not trying to hike naked you know what i mean like it's yeah. she's fine but anyway they got into an argument about what she was wearing and he told her i'm your husband you listen to me and you do what i say Ooh. and um because she said no she's like what the hell like this is new uh you know behavior yeah, like, what from the you fuck, dude? right so she's like um no i'm gonna wear what i'm wearing and we're gonna go and then he palmed her in the back of the head so this is the so first he smacked her he like hit her in the back of the head with his palm 
so like like bop like <laughs> he he gave her a little bop and uh i mean Damn. this is the first time that he's like really been verbally and also physically abusive to her and this is day two of their like married life together yeah and um i mean after that he was just super controlling with like really stupid little things like he was particular about the way she stacked the dishes on the counter and how she folded his underwear or how the cans were stacked in the pantry like okay who the fuck folds their underwear <laughs> the <laughs> who is this guy who folds their underwear who is out here folding it's just a waste of time number one right so he is like He's crazy. He's, he's con- crazy. He's controlling or he everything. Has, like some weird, like some severe OCD is what it sounds like. You can't, the way, how do you stack dishes differently? The one goes on top right. of I the don't other. know, but this is just like what her little. This folding underwear. Right. These were just her like little examples, which I mean, just shows how crazy and controlling he was and how terrible of a relationship this really was. Right and off the bat. Right from the jump. And like she said, like she felt really scared on their honeymoon and she was like i want to leave and like after that whole incident where he like first showed his you know abusive side she was like i want to leave hawaii i want to leave him but he had all the in like he had the 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 passports or whatever like all of her documents to get on the plane and like like all the money all the the money all the everything yeah he controlled all the money all the everything and she was like oh i can call my parents to come get me but she's like i'm not gonna call my parents to come get me from hawaii from my honeymoon like that's insane oh and she said yeah she didn't want to be a burden right and not only that but she was like she was like oh like if i leave my husband after like a few days or like a week after we got married like what does that say about me like that's so terrible which i mean it's not like he's abusive and terrible and if you feel unsafe like you literally should you for what you were wearing right you should literally never be in a relationship where you feel unsafe like that is i couldn't even wrap my head around that so yeah. It doesn't matter what she looked like, but I mean, obviously we can say that now, like whatever. She was felt yeah, stuck no, it's, and it's that's not, right. Yeah, it's not the same. So anyway, super controlling about a bunch of stuff, like stupid little things. She said in an interview, like it got to the point where a good day was when it was just quiet. Like she, she was when nothing happened, right. When nothing happened at all. Like if he wasn't talking, it was a good day because it was either that or he was just like exploding about anything. And that's when he would like abuse her and right. you know physically and verbally and emotionally and everything so yeah so she kind of understood that like her life just wasn't going to be happy she just had to like coast making him happy kind of thing wow just yeah. literally walking on eggshells every day literally every single day so they had two children together um and all of this oh, no yeah so that just makes it 10 times no. worse they had two children and all of this would happen in front of their children um and he would oh, literally chase kids. her. He would chase her around the house, trying to physically abuse her when he was mad, and that would happen all the time in front of their children. Um, I mean, apparently he was never abusive toward his daughters, but um, Terry said that she felt it was only a matter of time before the abuse carried over to them, um, mm. which was pretty much her main reason for leaving. Um, right. Right. So eventually. Terry filed for divorce and it got really, really messy. They Ter- had what? Like he filed for divorce. No, Terry is the woman. Okay. David is the husband. Gotcha. Um, so she filed for divorce and it got really, really messy. He fought her every step of the way. Um, and Terry tried to 
you know, convince the court that he was not well and he was abusive and all of this stuff and he shouldn't have custody of the, of their daughters. But um, apparently the court still granted him joint custody because, and I, I heard this somewhere, the reason they gave him joint custody was because it wasn't very often that you see the father fighting so hard to see his kids, which like, what? How is that like, I okay? Shit I don't give a shit if he's hard fighting. he's fighting. <laughs> right. Like he's, he's abusive. He is a physically, emotionally, like all of the, just the worst kind of human abusive toward his, his wife. And just because he doesn't hit the kids, he still is like, able it's to like... Not, yeah, it's not like their lives were good. No. Like, they still have to live in that environment. Yeah, like they still have uh, whatever like, trauma from that's, seeing that. Yeah, exactly. So that in itself is abuse of them, yeah, right? Of course. So... Um, yeah, so they got joint custody. I think he got to see the kids, like, once a month or, like, once every few weeks or something. Or, I don't know, he, maybe once a week. I'm not sure. But... um he still had custody and um, like partially yeah and he and it wasn't like supervised or anything it was just like he was with his kids he got to like take them um and but they still had to see each other obviously when they were like picking up or dropping off the yep. kids which i mean he would still abuse her in those like five minutes that they had between pickups and drop-offs like any chance he got he was abusing her um whether that be physically or verbally or anything he just like hated her guts at this point but also like couldn't let it go like couldn't move yeah. on because he's just insane so uh terry eventually started dating a guy named nick nikolai who would later go on to become her husband he's a great guy wait i'm sorry nick nikolai yeah what i just can't get over that, that it's basically the same name twice but oh yeah right. <laughs> sure. i don't know why it, I, yeah it's a it's i fixated a... on that <laughs> i was like okay <laughs> nick nikolai all right, all right. Yeah, but um, so he goes on to become her new husband, and he was a really fantastic guy who was really great to her and her two daughters. Um, Good. So, like I said, the joint custody thing was still a huge source of stress in her life, and even though they only saw each other at pickups and drop-offs, um, David Larson continued to be physically and emotionally abusive toward Terry in front of their children. Um, oh eventually, my God, dude, if I'm Nick, oh I'm like... God. I'm like yeah. I'm going, I'm like supervising that those exchanges. Well, and okay, like, so this this comes up I later. Know, I feel like, I feel like I would just want, with every fiber of my being, to just fuck this guy up. Oh, of course. No, I, but, I mean, and this comes up later, like, um, Nick does come with Terry at one point to, like, pick up the kids, and David mm -hmm. freaks the fuck out, and he's like, why would you bring him to my house? I don't bring my girlfriend to your house. Like, you do not bring your boyfriend to my house. Like, he freaked the fuck out and then nick eventually had to just like go in the car because he was just like going on a rampage about how he just couldn't handle the fact that terry brought her boyfriend to like, his dude, house didn't did he start dating anyone new yeah he had girlfriends like, dude get over it like you know they exist yeah but i mean he just couldn't handle the uh, he just needed oh, something fuck this to guy. scream about oh 100 thousand percent fuck this him. guy of course well you're you're not unfortunately but yeah. <laughs> anyway um so let me i lost my spot um oh so eventually it got so bad at their pickups and drop-offs that terry um got a restraining order against him right good um so that basically meant that um 
they would go to like public places to pick up and drop off their kids they could no longer do it like yeah no i'm just like how does that actually work like a restraining order you have to stay x amount of feet away from somebody like do they literally go to a bridge and then stand at either side their kids walk across (laughs) just Just like a uh Throwing. like a hostage exchange yeah <laughs> no i mean i i think i think it just meant that they couldn't do it like really in, in, in private, private it had to be public yeah it had yeah. to be like supervised kind of but like not by anyone did he like calm down any I in public or is he still just so i think he's just the worst type of person uh, still a douche nozzle yes um but yeah so um on january 31st 2004 um terry had to pick up her daughters and um, she had to go to his house to pick them up, um, and she was, you know, she was in a rush, and she had just gotten news that she was pregnant, and she was really excited to tell her daughters, and they had to go to some birthday party, and she was just, like, in a rush, and so she gets there, and, um, David tells her that the girls are hiding, and they want her to come inside and find them. Um, he's, yeah, he's like, they're playing hide and seek. They want you to play a game with them. Yeah, I'm sure. Did she just like, like, yep, let's do that. She's in a rush. Didn't think about it. Yes. I mean, she, she immediately thought it was super weird because she hadn't stepped foot in his house until or since the day she left because it was like very much apparently a big deal for him like that like she was not allowed in his house so like Mm. she just had never stepped foot in his house since the day she left and then now all of a sudden he's like you're gonna come in and find the girls right so she's like this is really weird but like i don't want to let my daughters down they're like four and six years old if they're hiding and they want me to find them i'm gonna be a good mom fucking lowest of the low you use your kids right so she walks inside and um as soon as one second i lost my spot again going on so many tangents okay so um this was actually five years to the day that they got divorced um but i guess she wasn't too worried since um it was a quick exchange um and david larson actually had a girlfriend at the time so um terry walked inside and uh she said like girls like i wonder where you are like where are you and then immediately david hit her in the head with a baseball bat like in the back of the head so he just hits her over the back of the head with a baseball bat. Were the kids bat. even there? They were there, but they were oh in, like, the back room or something. So they were, like, in some other room watching cartoons. Fuck, where's the girlfriend? Not in the house. She was in a different she's house. Gone. Yeah, well, she's, like, in, I think, Illinois. This this took place in Wisconsin. So I think they, uh, she's, like, somewhere else. Um, gotcha. But, yeah, so he hits her in the back of the head with a baseball bat. And then um, he continuously hits her with the baseball bat, like head to toe, beating her. And then he begins to strangle her um, and was telling her to stop breathing and go to sleep. And when Terry didn't, he got even more mad. Like he, he thinks that he can control her so much that he can like order her to stop breathing. Oh my God. So insane. So he is strangling her he's hitting her with a baseball bat and um he takes duct tape and he wraps her wrists and her legs and all around her entire head and face so um she's just complete like she her her face literally was completely covered in duct tape so like she's basically a duct tape mummy at this pretty point. much yeah i mean Holy fuck. her her wrists are bound her legs are bound and so as she was like struggling 
um, her pants like started to slide off and Mm -hmm. um, that made David even more mad because he for some reason was like don't make this look like what it's what it's not because he like didn't want it to look like he was raping her but he's still attempting to murder her so like that doesn't really make any sense to me I, I have no words yeah like it just doesn't make any sense so he gets really mad um and he takes off her pants and her socks and her shoes and he wraps her so leg. he strips her anyway well because her pants were coming off so he got really mad and he was like don't make this look like what it's not and he like takes off her pants and like her socks and shoes but like that just doesn't make any sense no it doesn't make any sense he doesn't make any sense he's crazy um so at this point she's wrapped in duct tape she has no pants no socks no shoes he takes a Rubbermaid um, trash can and he tries to put her in head first. So he puts her in head first and she, she's able to like wiggle around and get herself so that the, her head is at least up. And so, but she's like so badly beaten at this point. She's going in and out of consciousness. She's like, her body was like numb. She's not in a good state. Right. Um, and also she has very limited oxygen because the duct tape was over her nose and her mouth. Yeah, I was like... She probably can't. She can barely breathe. Like Barely, yeah. yeah. So she's, like, really not doing good. He takes the garbage can outside, and he um, fills it up with snow. So, and just, like, to set the scene a little bit here and just remind everyone, this is Wisconsin in January, and it was one of the coldest winters, and it was in, like, the single digits. I think it was, like, I don't know, like, I, like seven degrees or something like seven that. Seven degrees like, Fahrenheit. Yeah, so... Not good. So he fills it up with snow. He puts her in the back of the truck. His truck. Um, So, and he covers it with a tarp. Um, So after um, she's put in the back of the truck and he covers up with a tarp, um, he goes back inside. He like hears, or she hears him go back inside. So she... And, sorry, I didn't interrupt you, but like this entire time, Mm -hmm. their kids are there. Yeah. They're... Four and six-year-old daughters are in the fucking house. Yeah. As their mother is getting beaten and mm-hmm. duct taped. And thrown in the back oh of the truck with snow in a garbage can. Yeah. So he goes back inside to get the girls. And at this point, she doesn't even know if her daughters are alive. Because she's like, if he's yeah, if he doing this, do this to me, me, like, what? where are my daughters? Are they okay? Like, what's going on? So he goes back inside, she hears him leave the truck, and she realizes that she has her cell phone in her pocket. So she um, calls 911. She manages to call 911. And Wait, sorry. So is it only her hands and her head that are duct taped? And not her, her entire, and her legs. Not her entire body. She's not, she's not like a duct tape mummy, but like her face is like a duct tape mummy. Okay. Yeah. So she manages to like get her phone in her pocket and like okay. dial 911. So, um... She can't really speak very clearly because one, the duct tape is over right. her mouth she and also she can she barely speak? breathe. Right. So she manages to get out um, her name and David Larson's name and his address. And she's like, I can't breathe. And this is where I am. And so David comes back to the car and he loads up the, his two daughters in their truck and he um, hitches Terry's car to the back of his truck and um, drives away. And uh, Terry said that she heard the police sirens pass by their truck um, while no. they were on their way to David Larson's house. Um, 
Yeah. So, so she literally he leaves just as they're arriving. Mm-hmm. Fuck. Yeah. Um, so uh, at this point, she is drive. She knows she's driving, and she doesn't really know what's going on. She's blacking in and out of consciousness, and so she calls Nick, her husband, or her, I guess, boyfriend, or I don't know if he was her boyfriend at the time or her husband, but he, she calls Nick, and she tells him what's going on, or at least she tries to. And Nick is basically like, you need to hang up and you need to save your battery and you need to call 911 again. Like, you need to call back. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's what she does. But apparently, like, she's blacking in and out. Like, she doesn't know how much time is going between these calls. And there was, like, hours or something. like Or, like, an hour, half an hour between her calls because she's losing consciousness. Um, so she calls 911 for a second time. And she got dispatched from a different county, like half an hour away from where they were. So I guess she blacked out for like half an hour. Um, And I actually listened to this call um, between uh, the, you know, dispatcher and Terry. And they thought, or the woman who was, you know, on the phone with Terry thought it was a prank. Like she did not take it seriously in the slightest. Oh. Yeah. So. Why? And she sounded really pissed off too. Why would you ever assume that it's a prank? I mean, I don't know if... You have to take everything seriously. I don't care if it's a prank or not. Right. I mean, I don't know if, like, people prank call 911 often, but she kind of treated it like it was a prank call. Um, And she basically kept saying, one, she couldn't hear Terry. She kept asking her to, like, keep saying her name over and over. um, Because, I mean, she was covered with duct tape, so I guess the dispatcher couldn't hear who it was. So she kept asking her, and she kept having to be like, Terry, 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 like, whatever. Um, and so then the dispatcher was like, are your hands tied behind your back? Like, are your hands bound? And she she's was like, like yes, yeah, motherfucker. She's like, she's like, yeah, there's mask, there's masking tape on my hands. And then the dispatcher is like, well, if there's masking tape on your hands, then how are you calling me? How are you on the phone with me? Like kind of giving her a hard time, like to figure out if she's like, if there's like a hole in her story somewhere, if this is like a prank. And she's like, because I can reach my phone. Like, I don't know why, what you're asking me. And, um, uh, so then Terry at this point is like blacking out again and she's not saying anything, but she's still on the phone and the dispatcher. So you can just hear Terry's like heavy breathing on the phone. And the dispatcher is like, are you just going to heavy breathe or are you going to talk to me? And like, oh my God, (laughs) I was just, I was blown away by that because I was like, how can you treat that? Like, it didn't sound like a fake, I don't know. I guess because I knew what was going on. I was like, like an angry like worker at Starbucks or McDonald's, yeah. like, like taking a drive-through order. Right. You know so, what? Like, what the fuck? Crazy. Um. So, she wakes back up at some point. Um. At this point, uh, David had already dropped off her car at some nearby rental property that he owned or something. Um. And so, Terry realized that she could, um, stick her hands out of the top of the garbage can. So, because the tarp was like kind of peeling back, so she right. stuck her arm out to like try and get someone's attention, and David noticed this, right? And um, pulled the car over, and then beat her again with the baseball bat, and basically said, "If you do, if you try anything like that again, I'm gonna pull out my 38, and I'm gonna shoot you, essentially." Um, and to make matters even worse, Terry's phone rang in her pocket, and he took it from her. So she's a bitch is cut off from the world. Right. I mean, that dispatch was her last chance. Mm -hmm. 
Um, so oh David God. had driven across state lines to Illinois and stopped at a storage facility. Um, Terry said she could um, feel and hear him like unloading her in the garbage can from the back of the truck, and she could actually hear her daughters like running around and laughing. And um, so they don't know. No, they had no idea. I mean, they're four and six years old. They have no idea what's going on. Yeah. No, I'm just like, it does seem a little weird because is she making any sound? Mm-hmm. Like, well, I mean, even if she, she was, was being making, beaten, like, well, yes, but they were like in the back room watching cartoons or something and they, wow. or I don't know how he had them so that they couldn't hear what was going on, but he basically threatened her like before he was beating her. He's like, you do not make a sound like do not be loud because I don't want the, the girls to hear this kind oh, of thing. God. So, I mean, obviously she's making noise, so I don't know how they didn't hear her, but they're also children. Or it's their children, yeah. So, anyway, she hears them when she's, like, getting unloaded, and this at least, like, gave her some sort of peace of mind, knowing that right, her daughters yeah. were at least alive. Mm. Um, and that was, like, one of the, the really big things for her um, in her, like, surviving was being like, I need to get out of this for my daughters. Like, I need to stay alive for them because Mm. I don't want to, I don't want them to have to deal with like the pain and the hardship of losing their mother at such a young age. Um, so when he unloads her, she doesn't move or speak because she doesn't want him to think that she's still alive. She's playing dead. Mm. Um, and so he had a storage locker obviously, and he put her in this unheated storage locker, um, in the middle of, you know, January in Wisconsin. In Illinois, in but you know, still weather. single digit weather. Oh, um, in Illinois, right? Yes. He crossed. Right. Um so he duct taped the lid onto the garbage can and stacked heavy boxes and things all around and on top of the garbage can that she was in. So even if she got to break free from the duct tape, there was no way she was getting out of the garbage can. Um so she waited a few minutes to um, have him leave like she didn't want him to hear anything but she also needed to like yell out for help so she gave it a few minutes and um, then she started to call out for help um, but obviously there was no one around it's a storage unit right like there's no one there but you know she kept calling out for help and like knew that she had to keep herself awake so that's like what she did was she just kept talking and like calling and you know just trying to have anyone hear her and so Meanwhile, in Wisconsin, um, the police were working around the clock to find her. Um, because So the police didn't know what was happening when they first received the call because they couldn't really hear her on mm. the call. They just knew that there was a woman who couldn't breathe or who has, was having trouble breathing at the address that she gave, which was David Larson's house. And so when they got there, um, they started banging on the door. Um, and when no one answered, they didn't know it was because there was, it was because no one was home. They just assumed if this woman can't breathe, maybe she's, she's dead. maybe she can't answer the door. Yeah. So they kick the door down and they go inside. And when they start looking around, they notice that there's a pool of blood on the floor and there is, um, uh, Terry's sweatpants were in the garbage can with, um, duct tape around them and the duct tape was bloody. So clearly a struggle there's a pool of blood on the floor um and they knew something was going on they knew it was much bigger clearly an assault right clearly something is something really sinister is going down um so so they went to the neighbors immediately 
and they were like, have you seen anything? And they were like, yeah, this is David Larson's house. This is the situation. Um, Terry came by to pick up her kids. And when she left or when, you know, or I guess she, they didn't see her leave. They saw David hitch her, her car to the back of his it's car weird. and drive he away. He filled in garbage can with <laughs> snow. Crazy. Right. We Put saw a him tarp drag over a... it and just like took off with her car. Right. We saw him drag Crazy. a garbage can around his front yard and get snow in it. And then he hitched her car away. So what the hell could happen? Ugh. But so, um, da da da. One sec. They found, oh, so they found Terry's car at, uh, the rental property. Um, which is, you know, that was a good step. They're very slowly but surely making their way to, to David. So David was an air control traffic person. Air traffic controller. Yes, air traffic controller. Thank you. There you go. Um, in Illinois. So he was probably arrested. Probably lives in Wisconsin. Yeah, so, he's so probably he like, like on the border. traveled. Yeah, he traveled yeah. Um, back and forth. Um, and he had a shift that day. So he, you know, just before his shift, just like loaded up his wife into a garbage can, oh threw her in a storage locker, and went to work. So, um, yeah, so... No, no, Nothing's wrong. Right. Nothing, nothing, nothing of, of concern here. Um, so he goes to work and he's arrested like right as he uh, goes on the spot, right on the spot. So, um, when they take him back to the station, um, he's interrogated and the police were like, where the F is your wife and kids? Like what the hell? Because he dropped off his kids, um, at his girlfriend's house in Illinois. So they weren't with him obviously cause he's at work. So he told him that. He's like, I dropped off my kids at my girlfriend's house and I haven't seen Terry since Wednesday. She was supposed to pick them up today, but she never showed up. So I had to drop them off at my girlfriend's house. Mm-hmm. And um, Likely story, David. Right. So the detective is like, really? That's really interesting because we actually kicked your door in and found a pool of blood in your house with Terry's pants in the garbage and bloody duct tape. So like, care to explain what that's about? And he was like, oh, um, yeah, uh, (laughs) yeah, so, and the detective is like, well, did Terry come in the house and, like, you had some sort of, like, argument, like, like, you know, maybe you didn't do something wrong, like, just tell me what happened. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe you can explain away this pool of blood. Right. I mean, he's just planted, trying to play good cop because he knows that they've been missing for how many hours. Markedly ridiculous. Oh, absolutely <laughs> ridiculous. I mean, he, David didn't know that they had been in his home. He had no idea. So um, when he first gets there, he's like, I don't know where Terry is. I haven't seen her in a week. And then they're like, really? Interesting. So he's like, well, yeah, Terry did come today. And she came in the house and I was just putting my daughter's homework into their backpack and when I turned around, Terry was standing over me with a hammer. Um, and she was going to hit me in the head with the hammer. So I grabbed this baseball bat that just so happened to be on the floor right next to me. And I hit her in the head. And... Everywhere else. Yeah. And they're like... And he's like... And, and I hit her because I, I had to protect myself. Because I was in danger. I was scared for my life. And the detective is like... Yeah. For sure, yeah, for and, sure. Right. He's like, oh, <laughs> tight. But um, he's like, okay, well, can you explain the bloody duct tape then, dude? Like, can you shed some light on that? And yep. and then... I had to duct tape her up, like, I'm on right. me. And then David's like... Self-defense. Oh, um, yeah. I, I did grab duct tape. I don't know why, um, but I did, I did duct tape her. 
uh, and then I don't remember anything else. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> I I did I did duct tape her a little bit. Just a little. But then, just like, a little bit. Then I, I then then I you then know, it's just black and nothing else. And I, and then I just showed up at work. Who knows how? I know. Scary. Crazy. Yeah. So the detective's like, "What the fuck?" And he I just like teleported to work, dude. Right. And he basically he will not let up with the story. He says everything up to that. Like he's like, "I duct taped her," and then he's like, "But I don't know why, and I don't remember anything else." And that's his I story. don't know why. Mm-hmm. So just a really smart guy. Um, and so after six hours of interrogation, David asks for a break and like legally the detective has to give him a break if he asks for one. So they did end up giving him a break and, um, guess what this fucker was doing during that time? He's like, I need a break. And then he literally goes back to his cell, wraps himself up in a blanket and takes a nap. Just a little power nap. Yeah. Just a little nap. Is there, like, a legal limit to his break? I don't know, but, um, so he just goes to sleep. While his his ex-wife, a woman who he once loved and had two daughters with, is freezing in a garbage can full of snow in a storage locker in January in Illinois, and he's wrapped up in a blanket. Like, mostly naked. Yeah, mostly naked. And, uh, he's wrapped up in in a blanket and just, like, snuggles in and, like, takes a little nap. Yeah, so just the best type of person. Um, I couldn't even believe. <laughs> so, um, so they uh, take his belongings, obviously, because now he's you know like a person of interest, a person of interest. He's the main. They know it's him. They know. It's him. <laughs> that's not even. That's not main, even. <laughs> he's your guy. He's he's the guy. He's they just got to prove it. So they take his things and they take his wallet and um, they find a card, a business card for the storage unit and so they call the storage unit and they're like do you have uh someone renting a a unit by the name of david larson and they're like yeah he actually stopped by yesterday and they're like really how long and they're like "Mm, i don't know 20 minutes and then uh they're like really what time and then they they told him the time and then the guy with the guy on the phone right the police uh then they're like okay well can you go to his unit and just tell me what you hear if you can hear anything so then he goes to the unit and he hears um, Terry pleading for her life. He hears her like, you know, uh, asking for help and calling out and trying to... Wait, so how long is this after she got put in that storage unit? Um, it's the next day. It's been like... This, 20, the it's whole, been at least 24 hours. Yeah, so the, the whole so ordeal been... took 26 hours. So she was in a garbage can and then in a storage unit for 26 hours. Um, so he hears her and then he calls, he immediately comes back to the phone. Um, and he's like, I hear her, she's there, like blah, blah, blah. So then they get the police there and, um, uh, they get her out. They like find her and they can't, they, they open up the storage unit and they don't see anyone in there and they're like, what the fuck? And then they realize that there's a garbage can. Um, and then they pull her out and take her to the hospital. Um, and I mean, she's gotta be hypothermic at this point. Yeah. So she was, um, really frostbitten and like um doctors were like she should not have survived like she was within an hour of dying like that is how close she got to dying um and uh she eventually lost all of her toes to frostbite um 
but she's thankfully able to still walk. Um, and she uh, lost her baby. So that is really Yeah, tragic. no, I forgot. She was pregnant. Yeah. Fuck. yeah. How, do you know how many months pregnant she was? They literally found out like the day before that she was pregnant. Oh. No. Yeah. So really, really sad. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, she made it out. So it's incredible. Yeah. But um, so David showed absolutely zero remorse in court. Um, and he stuck to his story that he didn't remember anything. Um, and thankfully, David will spend the rest of his life behind bars. Um, he was conv- uh, convicted of kidnapping and attempted murder. Um, and four and a half years after the incident, a judge awarded um, Terry more than $3 million in a civil case against David. Um, in 2010, he actually tried to escape, um, but he failed and is now in a super maximum security facility so do you have any other details about that what like the the, the prison case? escape oh no i just know that he tried to escape but he fucking failed because he fuck. sucks yeah. yeah idiot um so yeah so today terry is still happily married to nick um her daughters are teens and she has a young son um so and... she was able to recover yes fully that's awesome yeah she was able to recover she lost her toes but um and they thought she was gonna have to amputate her arm but she um they you know gave it a week or so and her arm responded and yeah yeah, and she was able to keep it which is um you know it's amazing amazing. she really survived an insane uh thing i couldn't you gotta be think you gotta think about how long she kept up calling out hours like no 24 hours yeah 26 yeah like because it only took them like I think an hour tops to get to where she was in like Mm -hmm. the storage unit so yeah she was literally calling out for hours and hours and hours because she realized that um like she did black out a few times while she was in the storage unit Mm -hmm. and she realized that if she blacked out like again she was gonna die so she's like Mm -hmm. I have to stay awake so she just continued to call out and the guy heard her and they found her which is incredible um, yeah, so today she travels um, and gives talks to raise awareness and understanding about domestic violence. And she feels like uh, because she survived, it's her job to educate people. And she says if it helps even one person get out of a bad situation, it's worth it. Wow, what Which, a beautiful human being. Yeah, just the best, most badass woman in the world. I mean, just crazy. So, um, She's also working hard to change the law, uh, the laws to help out victims of domestic violence. Um, and she said the number one thing to look out for in relationships like this is control, um, whether that be financially or emotionally, or they're isolating you from friends and family. It's just really important to really scope out those those red flags and to get yourself out of there, because that is just you know you gotta do what you can to prevent situations like this. No one should ever be in a situation where they feel unsafe with their partner or their living situation. So absolutely. It's just, you know, really, really scary, but you know, it's preventable. Um, and I'll, I'll include this in the, um, description of the episode, but the national domestic violence hotline number, um, is 1-800-799-SAFE or 1-800-799-7233. So if you or someone else that you know is going through something like this, 
reach out like i don't know what to do right just reach out and you know i'm sure they can give you pointers on how to go about the next steps safely and uh, quickly it's Um, always i assume like a extremely sticky situation for this case they have kids yeah um you know and she felt like she needed to felt stay, like she but... needed to stay and like eventually when she finally did divorce him it wasn't for her sake it was for her kids right so you think about someone who doesn't have those yeah. those ties like doesn't have kids and they they feel so yeah. stuck because of whatever reason but i mean you you gotta just get yourself out of that you have to stand up for yourself yeah yeah but so yeah um that is the story of terry jandusa nikolai crazy stuff but yeah yeah but yeah um thank you so much for listening to our very first episode we hope you come back um and if you would like to follow our social media um we are not today podcast no not today underscore podcast that is our instagram if you have any crazy stories yourself um whether it's survival or i mean just anything crazy in general any crazy story that you want to get out there and potentially have read in a later episode if we do listener stories if we ever have listeners um, <laughs> then if anyone ever listens if to us <laughs> ever listens to us um our uh, gmail is no today podcast at gmail.com and our Twitter is not today podcast, but the actual like at is not today podcast, and then no, with the T is a three, so there's no T; it's just a three. If that makes sense, uh, and yeah, that's that's that on that's that the podcast. That's the podcast, baby. Keep it uh, keep it safe out there, you crazies. <laughs> <laughs> okay, come back next time. Thanks. Bye. <laughs>